Hey everyone, welcome to In Light of Eternity podcast. My name is Slavik. I am a pastor and a preacher. And on this podcast, I spend a lot of time preaching, but also interviewing people with some of the most important questions in life. And that is, how do you live in light of eternity? How do you live with an eternal perspective? Because ultimately, that's all that it matters. So I encourage you to stick around and I would really, really appreciate it if you can rate and review this podcast. It helps me reach a broader audience. God bless and enjoy. Hey everyone, my name is Slavik and this is Alex and uh, haven't done a podcast for a long time but uh, today we have something very very special and we're talking about the Jesus place. If you've been on Instagram for any amount of time you probably have seen uh, some video with a whole bunch of like people just worshiping and dancing Come and on. you know <laughs> jumping up and down, man. And I, I and then I saw you in one of those videos, you know. And I was like, but I know this kid, you know. And uh, today I want to just spend some time talking about. I think this is not just uh, some kind of organization, some kind of like oh we're getting together at a house and praying. But I think this is hopefully this will become a movement. Come on. Uh, so Alex, uh, introduce yourself um, and thank you so much for being here, bro. Yeah, Slavik, it's so honored um, to be on here. I love what you're doing. And even I got to check out some of these podcasts and um, uh, really inspired me. Mm -hmm. So my name is Alex Stashko. Um, I was born in Ukraine, but came here when I was a little child. And um, I grew up in the church and I really grew to love worship. And I grew to know there was so much more. But um, kind of growing up, I got into some different things and um, began to really just um, get into the wrong groups and fall into drugs and alcohol and mm -hmm. uh, really deal with lust and all these things. And um Oftentimes, it even got to the point where I would just, you know, sit in bed and um, begin to fantasize about suicide, begin to mm -hmm. fantasize, what if I took my life? Would, would there be any change to the world? Would there be any change uh, to my family? But I knew something out there, um, there's more. I knew I was called for more. I knew I was no. destined for more. And um, yeah, there just came a time when there was a, a evangelistic service at my church. And uh, for the first time, I heard the clear gospel, just mm -hmm. the clear gospel. It was in Ukrainian, and I barely spoke Ukrainian, but, man, the Holy Spirit really convicted my yeah. heart, and I ended up being the only one that runs up on stage. And I didn't even know what a sinner's prayer was, but I just said, Lord, I'm tired of my life. Mm -hmm. I'm tired that when I'm in control, people get hurt. When I'm in control, things go wrong. And so I said, Lord, I give you my life. And I just remember tears going down my eyes and snot all over, and um, I got up a new man. Yeah. I got up a new creation, and... Uh, what didn't happen is I was a bad person that turned good. I was a dead person that came yeah, alive. And yeah. that's the truth of the gospel. And so um, now I'm just running after the Lord. I feel like the Lord has really just called me to yeah. to evangelize, to preach the gospel, to bring people into the kingdom of God, um, not to make bad people good, but to make dead people alive through the yeah. gospel. And so now that's awesome. I get to be... Um, I get to be one of the leaders at Jesus Place and yeah. we get to see people. You know, it's interesting. A lot of time people will, um, you know, they'll say, oh, I'm going to live my life and then come to God before I die. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I remember my pastor brought this example. Where it's like, imagine if you actually had a bouquet of flowers that was all dried up and you went up to your spouse or your significant other and like, here's a dried up bouquet of flowers. Yeah. And she'll be like, what are you, what are you, what are you doing, right? Like this is this is worthless, you know. And I think a lot of times we take the same approach with God. A lot of times we're like, "Well, I'll just wait." Um, but Alex, what I'm inspired by is the fact that you are this young and you are already leading uh, a lot of people to the Lord. I know you went to Bible college, I believe, right? Yeah. Uh, in Florida. Mm -hmm. How did that go for you? Uh, and what prompted you to go to Bible college? It was actually um, just hearing the testimony of somebody that came. It was, it was one, of, one of my friends, 
And um, he was such a serious guy. Very, we, we call him Technical Tom. Um, <laughs> just a really, really serious guy, a very logical guy, intuitive guy. And I remember him just coming back from Bible school. And this guy's like hugging people and he has just such a glow on his face yeah. and he's loving on people. And uh, he begins to just testify about this Bible school. And mm -hmm. uh, what really caught my eyes, um, evangelism, that they would do evangelism at this school. And it's very missionary focused. Yeah. And just a simple testimony from this guy and just seeing the countenance on this guy's face just change. Mm -hmm. I was like, I want that. I want to give a season of my, my life to the Lord because I always had it on my heart to go to Bible school. And mm -hmm. I believe that Bible school marked me. And. I really just got to know my calling and yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask you is, um, so how, after coming back from Bible college, how did Jesus Place come about? Was this something that was started before or after Bible college? How did you guys come up with the Jesus Place? So Jesus Place, uh, it's so beautiful because it was birthed in prayer and it was birthed mm -hmm. in fasting. So mm -hmm. um, at Bible school for the first time, I really began to see um, the church or the body of Christ as an organism and not an organization. Mm -hmm. uh, we'd have class prayers every single day and I'd sit there in the back sometimes and it was so beautiful because I just see people moving around the room and prophesying over each other and encouraging each other and loving on each other. I'm like, I've never seen this before. I've, yeah. I've never seen people excited about prayer. Yeah. I've never seen people encourage each other and where people are not just standing in the pews but people are actually like moving and the body is alive and so i began to just pray and ask the lord like lord i want this back home i want to mm -hmm. see the church alive i want to see the body of christ alive i want to see people encouraging each other yeah. and um not just a one-man revival not just a one-man pastor leading the flock but i want to see the church alive mm -hmm. Coming so together yeah uh this reminds me when i was about uh 17 years old a friend of mine who was 14 at that time 14 like you a lot of times when people get into ministry, like, oh, I'm going to wait because I'm not old enough, you know. But he was 14 when he started. And we did this prayer every single Friday night, bro. And sometimes we would have, you know, three people. And sometimes we would have 70, you know. And, uh, man, it was just an amazing time of us coming together. Uh, we had literally no organization, no budget other than yeah. whatever we can get for snacks and pizza, you know. And that reminds me of that time and we did it for about seven years um and then we all split into different ministries and and so on but out of that place we had a whole bunch of youth leaders rise up and youth pastors yeah. you know i'm one of, of of them and i think in the modern day when we think about growing the church we're thinking about okay can we get a mailing list can we get an instagram account mm -hmm. can we get all these things now those things are not bad but I love what you said at the beginning where you said it was birthed in prayer, yeah. right? Like every single thing that you start, it needs to be, you know, started with with a spirit of, of prayer first and foremost, yeah. you know, before you, you go. And I think that's that's unusual in this day and age. Yeah. A lot of times when we, when we talk about, uh, you know, starting something, we're thinking about the organization, the, okay, what, what, what are the people, you know? Uh, but I think what we need to do is, is run to the Lord, uh, you yeah. know, and ask for for that. So let me ask you this. What do you think is the vision behind, you know, Jesus place? And how does that fit in the narrative where the idea that we as the church are the body of Christ? Right. Um, how what's what's the vision behind it? Uh, how long are you hoping in doing this? And, and what do you hope other people would see, you know, in in when they attend and also when they watch on instagram or facebook yeah um i would say that we even have this written down and this is something that we we've come together with the team and yeah uh, we want to see a jesus people arise mm -hmm. that are carrying the presence of god yeah 
uniting the body and walking in the fullness of Christ and and what that means carrying the presence of God a people of prayer mm-hmm. a people that that know how to actually carry the presence of God a people that know um that know Jesus that have met him in the secret place and are able to carry the same presence yeah um, just like Moses he went to the mountain and came back and he was glowing so people that would carry the presence yeah. of God people that'd be uh men and women of prayer um walking the fullness of God and when I'm talking about walking the fullness of mm-hmm. God I'm talking about walking in the in the power of the spirit but also walking in the fruit of the spirit mm-hmm. walking in the the gifts of the Holy Spirit so mm-hmm. um being able to reveal Jesus mm-hmm. through the gifts of the spirit the fruit of the spirit and also um not just the fullness of God, but also uniting the body. Yeah. So people that wouldn't just start rebellious movements and um, just, you know, get get all rowdy. Right. But a people that would go back into their churches, go back into their families and unite the body uh, yeah. to prophesy, um, to speak encouragement, to speak exhortation. And um, we're really just believing for a revival in my heart. I'm really yeah. believing for a revival that is not going to come through one man. It's not going to come through a bratska or a leadership, yeah, right? Yeah. But it's going to come through the body of Christ. Because yeah. actually, um, um, if you look at the Bible, if you look at the Acts church, um, um, in the, the Bible church, says yeah. that, um, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Mm-hmm. So actually the fullness of Jesus is revealed through the body. So mm-hmm. Jesus, the head is in heaven, mm-hmm. but we are the body. And the fullness of Jesus is actually um, revealed through yeah. us. To me, it's just interesting. I think what I see from my perspective, and I haven't shared with the, with you this yet, but like what I see in you and some of the leaders at your um, uh, the place that you you uh, the Jesus place, um, the best way I can describe it is a humble confidence. Yeah, like you are confident in who you are, but you walk in humility. And and when I look at the gospel and the people that carry the gospel and carry the call that's what we're called to is to have confidence in christ but do it in in humility uh a lot of times when i talk to younger people they'll say things like man i just want to build this great church and bigger than yours and i look at them and i'm like oh the lord has not broken you yet (laughs) you know what i mean Mm -hmm. because it's like it's this self-ambition of i want to do great things like i want to be important and i want to like excel at like this whole thing in ministry right but in reality, what we're called to is is to walk in humility and have this confidence that we have in Christ, you know? Yeah. And, and that's what I see with a lot of leaders, uh, with your brother, for example, uh, with you. Um, there's a couple other guys that I, I know who they are, but I don't know on a deeper level. Mm-hmm. But the, I remember the first times that I met them, I'm like, man, these people really either have spent time in prayer, they, they seem to know the Lord. They yeah. have this humility yet they're very confident. Yeah. You know, and I think that's the only the only way I can describe that is they've been spending time with the Lord. Yeah. You know, not, oh, I'm trying to build this organization. I mean, no offense, but you guys have no, like, budget and, like, massive buildings. Mm-hmm. You guys are meeting in a house. And that's the beautiful thing is you don't have this massive organization and we have 80 people going. But you guys sometimes have, what, over 100? Yeah. And, and all you have is money for pizza, Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's the a, only budget <laughs> <laughs> and you go into someone's house and I'm like man this is this is awesome yeah you know so so my question then becomes uh, uh, one of the reasons actually I wanted to have you on the podcast is I hope this inspires a lot of younger people uh, to, 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 to do this yeah um, so what would you tell someone that maybe is younger than you and he looks and he sees the videos and people worshiping and they're 
they're just you know uh, experiencing joy and healing and we'll get into that in a few minutes here but but what would you say to someone who is inspired by that yeah but they're very intimidated because they don't feel like they're adequate uh to, to, to do this yeah i think i'd say that prayer is free <laughs> you, you know to, yeah prayer is free yeah there's a lot of things that cost money there's a lot of yeah. things that um cost money to to set up um systems to set up services to set up but but prayer is free um and, and god is calling us into the secret place i believe matthew 6 6 it says yeah. that um go into the secret close the door behind you and your father who is in secret will meet you mm-hmm. and as you pray and as you pray in the secret he's going to reward you publicly and the beautiful part yeah. about that verse is actually your father is waiting in secret mm. he's waiting there he's already there He's not, he's not going to show up when you get your act together. He's not going to show up when, when you get your, your, your sins in order and you get your discipline in order and you're getting your Bible reading and yeah. you're praying in order. But he's waiting in secret and he's waiting to be intimate with you. And so I'd say that prayer is free. And one of my favorite verses that we always share, we always speak, and it's kind of just part of our culture, is where two or three are gathered, I'm there among them. Don't do this alone, but get a buddy. Get mm-hmm. some friends. Get them yeah. together and begin to just pray because prayer is free. And I believe the Lord is going to begin to show up because, um, you know, the devil knows the word. But if he really yeah. knew the word, he wouldn't yeah. have he wouldn't have put the the apostles in prison together. Because right. where two <laughs> or three are gathered in my name, yeah. there I am among them. And as they begin to praise the Lord, and yeah. I believe they're probably talking about Jesus. Yeah. They're probably maybe even just standing in remembrance of the gospel. And then Absolutely. the the shackles begin to shake. The shackles begin to shake, and they're freed from prison. So I'd say prayer is free. Begin to pray together with your friends and. Preach Jesus, yeah. stand in remembrance of the gospel, make it about Jesus. And um, and is that how kind of like you started, just got a whole bunch of people together and said, hey, we're just going to seek the Lord in prayer. Uh, was that kind of initial how you guys intended? And how has the the like Jesus place have, have, have changed? Like, was that kind of from initial to now, it's the same way that you guys do things or have, have you guys changed in any way? Yeah. Um, the beginning was this literally the first time we gathered i come back from florida from bible school right. and after praying and even going to a fasting retreat with evangelists from all over um mm-hmm. the states um i just had so many words from the lord to just go to start this thing yeah and um the first time i just invited just a couple of people i didn't want to do it publicly because i really wanted to set a culture i really wanted to mm-hmm. um make a place of prayer and make it about jesus preaching jesus so i think we gathered maybe 10 people 10 of my friends that i just knew love the lord and our fiery prayer warriors and uh, we just made it about the Lord. We preached Jesus and we just began to pray mm-hmm. and worship. And then he began to show up. And the very same things that I was dreaming about when I was in Bible school about, right. about this happening began to happen before my eyes. The The body was alive and people were prophesying over each other and, and um, speaking encouragement over each other. And people getting healed and baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of tongues. Yeah. That was the first gathering. The second gathering was just like that. Just 10 people, 15 people. Um, and then came a point where, again, I felt from the Lord, it's time to go and I just put it on my story. Guys, if you guys want to pray and worship, come yeah. to my house, put my address online. And it was like 40 people, 40 people came to my house and it was beautiful worship prayer. Yeah, yeah. Somebody experiences the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the evidence of speaking in tongues. And um, we just really kept this culture of let's preach Jesus. Mm-hmm. Let's preach the gospel. Let's talk about him. Let's talk about him, the Lord. Let's talk about him, the baptizer, him, the healer, mm-hmm. him, the redeemer. And as we honor Jesus, he shows up. He likes to show up where he's honored. Yeah, to me, I think a lot of times what I see happening, especially in church, um, is there's one or the other extremes, right? Like the, the you have a church that's so focused on the gifts and so focused on the Holy Spirit, but there won't be a lot of hey, we need to get in the Word, we need to preach yeah. the Word, 
on the other hand, and it depends if you're a Pentecostal or a Baptist, right? Like, on the other hand, it's all about the word. Mm-hmm. But there's no emphasis of, hey, you sh- we should seek the gifts of the Spirit. Yeah. Right? Like, we should seek to speak in tongues and to prophesy. And we should pray for people to receive healing, right? Yeah. And it seems like, almost like, depends what camp you're part of. It's one or the other extreme. And it's like, well, we need to do both. And we need to do both well. Yeah. We need to be scriptural. We need to study the Word. We need to be praying. But also, we need to be, like, constantly pursuing the gifts of the Spirit. And it yeah. seems like... You know, one or the other is just extremes. We we need to to have a passion for the Lord and to seek the gifts, but at the same time be biblical, right? And 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 that's what I love about you guys that you don't don't just engage in like oh just preaching, um, you know, like the gospel, but you are praying for the sick, you are praying yeah. for receiving the, the Holy Spirit, you are are praying for people to be delivered, yeah, uh, uh, to to receive the speaking. Uh, uh, the gift of speaking in tongues to receive prophecy to receive and i'm like this is where the body needs to you know to to come together and realize that even though the gifts are different um you know when we sit back and are like well maybe i don't have that gift well you don't know that because you're not seeking it yeah we need to be pursuing it and seeking seeking it but with that said i know that whenever you create a movement whenever you create an action the enemy is not like that it's just it's just a given. The enemy is going to look at you as a target to attack. Um, so help me understand, what are some criticism have you guys gotten? What some of the things that people maybe have said against it? Um, and I think the reason I want to even bring this up is is I understand that the enemy will try to use some of you closest people to you. I mean, yeah. when it comes to Jesus, the enemy used Peter. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why are we naive to think that... The enemy is not going to use some of the closest people to try to stifle or to try to to pull this movement down. So, in your experience, did you guys have criticism? Did you guys have any like people that just said, "Well, you know what? It's great, but I just don't support you guys"? Or um, what are some of some of those things? Yeah. Um, before talking about that, mm-hmm. I yeah. just I'd, I'd like to say that we've had a lot of support, mm-hmm. a lot of support um, from, from my pastors, a lot of support mm-hmm. from different. Um, pastors, even people out of town just saying, hey, we're with you, we're believing with you, we're praying with you. So we've had an amazing amount of support. Just yeah, yeah. And it just it's so amazing to not do this alone. And even just mm-hmm. having people like you and yeah. encourage us and, and others, it's it's amazing to to know that we're, we're doing this and yeah, people's yeah. lives are changing. But um, I'd say, yeah, there's there's been like a little bit of um, backlash and things spoken over us from mm-hmm. people, but also we've had some like um, demonic forces. I feel like there's been times right, where, right. where we were going through some spiritual stuff. But um yeah, some people just saying that either we're we're not preaching the truth or there's no authority there and um, different things, a lot of cultural yeah. things, laying on of hands and um, um, clothes mm-hmm. and stuff. But our our thing is just we, we tell people like come, mm-hmm. we just tell people come um, experience it. Yeah, come experience it. Actually, we have pastors come mm-hmm. every once in a while. We have pastors come. Um, it's not just young people that gather. We have families that come yeah. in um, and. People, there's yeah, there's there's people that vouch for us because um, they're the ones ho- hosting us. You know, it's not 17 year olds hosting homes yeah, out to yeah. us, but um, families that are vouching for us that it's it's the Lord. They're just preaching the gospel. Mm-hmm. They're just praying. They're just worshiping. And so, um, I feel like at first us as a team, we really um, we're really immature about mm-hmm. this, and we're just like um, with anybody that's maybe had some sort of movement or some revival in a sense that. Anybody, it's so easy just to say they don't understand. Mm-hmm. They don't understand. And right. I believe we were a little bit immature as as we're receiving some backlash. But what I really learned to um, to do is, um, I forget where I heard this, but 
begin to pray for those who persecute you, but just pray mm-hmm. for, pray for those that are they're saying things against you. And yeah. um, where your treasure is, there your heart is. And yeah. sometimes you even need to sow into where you feel like you're you're getting some pain or some backlash from. And so um, we've really took this like culture of blessing churches. Or we, we spend time, uh, maybe hours sometimes, where we just intercede for our churches. We intercede for our leaders and, and even for those people that will, will say we're in deception. will say that we're doing things wrong and saying it's it's not um, it's not the right methods or we're dancing or, or whatever mm-hmm. it is. And we just bless. We bless and we intercede and we pray that the Lord would bless their church and that they would see God move fivefold. Yeah. You know? and, and one of the reasons that I'm asking this, Alex, is that um i've had the same thing happen when we were doing prayer for about seven years right like we had the same thing and what it's funny that you mentioned the clothing part because we got that a lot and we were told like well if you're a real prayer you would have girls dress up and you know with with dresses and stuff like that and i'm like and my thing to that was like well that's not practical it's not, because it's a, bad idea, church, yeah. it's a bad idea at church like people are sitting all nice and you know on but when you're at a house, right, and everyone's sort of sitting however they can, whatever they can, right? Yeah. I'm like, it's just not practical, you know? Um, and and that was one thing. The other, the other um, to me at least, I was, I was kind of weirded out for a while because I was like, okay, well, if I was someone who was in the world, maybe addicted to drugs, my whole church, my parents, everyone will come alongside and say, hey, we got to pray yeah. for this guy. But here I'm trying to do a prayer Right here, I'm trying to actually do something for the Lord, and I'm getting criticized, and I'm getting like, oh, you're not doing this right. And I'm like, okay, well, I understand at that time I was 17 years old. And I'm like, chances are what they're saying makes a lot of sense, right? Mm -hmm. Chances are that I'm immature, and I don't know what I'm doing. But a father, a father looking at a kid doesn't say, oh, you guys, you're, you're just stupid. Oh, you should stop doing that. No, a father shows that kid how to do a better job. Yeah. Right? That's what, you know, being a father is all about is is to understand that your kid is immature, but let me show you a better way. Yeah. Let me show you a more excellent way, like Apostle Paul would say. Yeah. And, and my hope for pastors who are maybe uh, watching or, or listening to this podcast is, listen, when you have someone that's 17-year-old, uh, a 16-year-old, right, that, that's starting a prayer, they will make mistakes. And I think this yeah. is where I hope that we trust the Holy Spirit because he's ultimately our teacher, right? The Holy Spirit is the ultimate ultimately who is really teaching us right you trust the holy spirit will keep us in line and the second thing is come alongside as a father and saying hey let me show you what is walking after jesus i mean really like right uh or let me show you how it's really done let me show you a more excellent way and that that is my hope my hope is not to criticize people who have criticized you or you know to to kind of like bad uh, to talk badly about them My, my hope is that they would understand that when you're young, you might not fully have the experience on how to do things the right way. But this is where we need yeah. our pastors. Yeah. This is where we need our fathers to come alongside yeah. us and say, hey, let me, let me, uh, you know, show how it's done. And I think one of the reasons that I even ask you to, to, to be on is, is, is this, is that I've spent my whole life trying to encourage younger people to, to walk after Jesus. Yeah. And, and to see Jesus' place um, where you know, again, you guys don't have all your ducks in the row, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, but what you do have is your passion for Jesus. Your, 
your, you know, uh, people come there not because there's a smoke machine, because you guys have games. People don't come there because you don't have games, yeah. right? Like they don't come there because there's a cool light show or a big stage with big yeah. TVs. And then, then, there might be nothing wrong with any of those things. But what I'm saying, they come to Jesus' place because they want to encounter the Lord. They want to pray. They want to be delivered. They want to seek healing and be healed. They come there because they want to just experience the joy of the Lord. They, yeah. they come there because they want to worship. They, they they come because they want to meditate on the Word. And I'm like, those are the things that the church should always have been focused on. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like... Here you have someone that is doing that. Now, of course, like some people, we grew up in a in a sort of a very conservative environment, right? So, mm-hmm. and when somebody dances or somebody jumps up and up and down or or shout, and I had this like massive like argument with my dad about this because my dad was like, "You cannot clap in church," and I'm like, "Psalm 47, clap all your nation." You got him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "Shout!" Yeah, it yeah. says, "Shout!" You know, and I'm like. But dad, you can't. Oh, that's Old Testament. I'm like, so does that mean that we shouldn't listen to the Old Testament? Like, oh boy. We should, you know, and I'm like, uh, and so he kind of realized that I'm like, it's kind of pointless to argue. And I'm like, here's the thing. I am not up for people just encouraging people. Oh, you guys have to jump and do this. One, yeah. two, one, two, three. <laughs> like, I'm not yeah. up for that. However, if someone feels joy and they want to yeah. jump for joy, who am I to tell them that, oh, yeah. you shouldn't be jumping. Oh, you shouldn't be that joyous. You shouldn't be clapping. Yeah. <laughs> like, who am I to, to tell anyone that? Yeah. You know, if somebody really was delivered, when someone really experienced yeah. joy, how am I supposed to, you know? And, and, and that's what, you know, I, I'm getting goosebumps even, you know, thinking over this. But I'm like, man, I hope more younger people look at what you guys are doing and say, yeah. hey, I can do this in California. I can do this in Florida. Yeah. I can do this in New York. I can do this in India. I can do this wherever I'm at. I can get a whole bunch of friends together and just pray yeah. and worship. You know? yeah. So so I really hope, man, that this inspires uh, a lot of younger people. So with with that, uh, we, we talked about the, the criticism that you guys get. And um, I was going to get to the, the support. Um, but what do you hope Jesus' place becomes say five ten years from now what what do you think uh because i mean you know the organizations they have peaks and they have valleys and they have maybe uh you know times of 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 kind of growing and times of sort of shrinking back but what would success look for you at jesus place salvations um I really have like a big heart for Seattle. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people are leaving. I don't want to bash. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to bash on the people leaving, but um, someone's got to stick hey. around. <laughs> someone's got to stick around. Yeah. And um, my heart is for Seattle. Yeah. Um, I believe they call Seattle the no zone. If mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken, it's one of the most atheistic cities in all of the mm-hmm. United States. And um, I really feel with Jesus place and even just my life personally, I want to see this no zone turn into a Jesus zone. Yeah. And so I believe kind of we've been gathering almost for a year. We're about to have our, like our one year anniversary of mm-hmm. our prayers. And we've been in a sense in the in the the slow cooker for a while and really just seeking the presence of Jesus, preaching Jesus, activating the body. Um, but I re- really see us going forward. Um, and I'm really believing even for like Seattle Crusades, mm-hmm. um, hitting the streets with the gospel, um, seeing true revival. Um, one of my friends super passionate and he just... Um, we're always believing for strip clubs to be turned around, returned yeah. into churches, for for bars to be emptied out, for for um, for hospitals to be emptied out, yeah. real life revival. So going forward, I really just see this um, again being a movement that arises a Jesus people 
yeah. the Jesus people that, that heal the sick, that cast out devils, that are uniting the body, that are walking in the fruit of the Spirit, walking in the power of the Spirit. And again, um, not just a one-man revival, not just through one pastor, not through just one evangelist. Cause, yeah. um, and I'll be just so vulnerable. Sometimes I look at my pastor and I, I think, where's, where's the evangelism? Mm-hmm. Where, where's the prophecy? And the Lord spoke to me, you're expecting the fivefold out of one man. You're expecting wow. the, the fullness of Jesus out of one man. And he spoke to me, maybe if you're seeing a lack of evangelism in your pastor, maybe it's because I chose you to be the wow. evangelist. Or maybe because maybe you guys are in your churches and you're seeing a lack of, of prophecy or teaching. Maybe it's because the Lord created you to bring that to the body of Christ. And so I yeah. believe that this revival is going to be a revival through the body of Christ for everybody the sons, the daughters, the young and the old, they will prophesy, they will heal the sick, they will cast out devils. And I'm believing um, for this to branch out. Maybe um, there's many more even church, um, there's many more like even prayer gatherings that are arising and we're supporting them. We're with you. We're actually visiting them and saying, we're believing in you. Let's do this together. And so um, we're believing to really just hit the streets and uh, fulfill the great commission and see the no zone turn into the Jesus zone in Seattle. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned Seattle is that, um, you know, like I've been planning different campuses like Fellway, North Shore, and then I'm, I'm in Bellevue. We're actually recording in Bellevue, which is about mm-hmm. uh, 20 minutes away from Seattle. But uh, when people ask me, where would you pl- plant a church next? I'm like, um, in Seattle. And they usually ask me why. And I say, because I can't stand Seattle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah. you know, on one hand, I love you know, the people and I want to like go minister. But on the other hand, it's like, man, every single time you go there, it's it's extremely depressing almost. And I'm like, if if there's a city in our area that needs the gospel is Seattle. Yeah. You yeah. Know, because it's, if you go there, if you visit Seattle, uh, if you're a Christian, you probably know what I'm talking about. Um, so bro, that's an amazing vision I can really get behind. I'm not sure if long-term I'll be in Washington, but um, that's amazing. And I really pray that, that this is, does happen, you know, yeah. that this doesn't just stay in the house, but this is taken to the streets. Yeah. Uh, and, and God impacts the people, not just, you know, in our communities, but also everywhere that we go, you know, be it Bellevue, Seattle, yeah. and so on. All right. Another question that I had for you, uh, Alex, is uh, what were some of the best moments that you had at Jesus Place? Uh, maybe healings, uh, delivering, um, uh, maybe things like that because i think a lot of times you can be told something um and it's a whole different story when you experience it yeah you know so what are some of the moments you guys had that it was just amazing yeah i mean we got we got lists and (laughs) stories and um i'll share maybe just a couple stories um i think just two weeks ago um one of my friends was at the mall and she really felt by the Lord just to ask this, this guy that was cleaning shoes mm-hmm. um, if he knew Jesus. And she comes up and asks, his name was Israel, and he says mm-hmm. he knew, knew Jesus. He was so excited, he actually started speaking in tongues in public, like super loudly. Mm-hmm. Um, she en- ends up inviting him to um, our gatherings and we're, we're praying and worshiping. And, and actually this guy just recently got saved, maybe a couple months ago, um, really just loves loves the Lord. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so we begin to pray, we begin to worship. and. Man, the glory of God was coming down so heavy. Mm-hmm. And I believe there's 100, 100 plus people that night just in a really tiny home. And we were even worried that the floor was going to break, man. Um, <laughs> Is this true? I heard that you guys were like jumping for joy and things came off the wall. At least that's what I heard, a story like that. Yeah, the, the, there's, <laughs> there's been moments where some things have fallen over some vases and stuff. But um, 
yeah, the glory of God was just yeah. coming down. I really felt from the Lord just to come out and yeah. it was just a call to come to Jesus. Don't mm-hmm. come to the altar. Don't come for healing. Don't come for deliverance. Come to Jesus yeah. right now. And um, everybody begins to flood the, the middle. Yeah. Um, and this, this kid, Israel, African-American kid, he's maybe 17 years old. Mm-hmm. I lay my hand on him and he falls to the floor and he begins to manifest demons. Mm-hmm. And just, ah, and the whole thing and convulsing and rolling over. And um, his eyes go to the back of his head. And mm-hmm. um, and we just begin to pray for it. And we, we know our authority and it's happened before. And so we begin to just pray. We command you to leave. We command you to leave. And um, it was it started speaking demonic tongues. It mm-hmm. started laughing at us. And man, I had such a righteous ang- anger in me. I'm yeah, just like, yeah. what are you laughing at? You're about to get out of this guy, you know? <laughs> yeah. And we just start praying and, and casting it out of him. And everyone's stretching their hands forward. And there's people on the side that are trying to pray, but they're looking over and this guy's just yeah. all over the place. And again, it's so beautiful. So we're, we're praying for a little bit. And every time we call down the fire of God, it's just yelling and screaming, no, no, he's mine, he's mine. And then my brothers, mm-hmm. he's 16 years old. God gives him a gift of discernment. He says, it's a new age spirit. Mm-hmm. I'm like, are you sure? He's like, I'm sure. And so I, I, I just say, new age spirit, come out of him. He says, no. And that's when there was just a breakthrough yeah. and the deliverance. Yeah. Then, I, then I told everybody, and this is the beauty of the, the body of Christ, right? Yeah. Somebody brought him to the gathering. Mm-hmm. Um, I lay my hands on him and, and he started manifesting. Yeah. Then there was a discernment and then there was an agreement with the body. And then mm-hmm. everybody was saying, new age spirit out, new age spirit out. And just in a couple minutes, he got delivered and he threw up all over the place. <laughs> and this guy gets up and just there's such a victory and the countenance on his face just changed. And, yeah. Man, you would think that somebody like this would just think like they'd be so embarrassed. Yeah. And they'd be like, like, man, I feel so gross. Like right, right. that this just happened in front of everybody. But he was just so happy. And he actually yeah, begins to testify yeah. of I was delivered from New Age Spirit. I was messing around with spirit guides. I was messing around with crystals. And um, I opened my third eye and all this stuff. He got into this after a breakup. Yeah. But he got delivered. It was just one Bro, of those beautiful moments. You know what's so crazy? Because somebody will hear this and they'll dismiss it. But to me... It, the stuff that you just said right now, like when I was about 18 years old, almost exactly the same thing happened in New York, where it wasn't a new age spirit, but it was the same thing where we're praying for this kid, 15 years old. He's maybe 100, maybe 20 pounds, and he's throwing us around, right? Yeah. He's just at the point where he's literally just, you know, laughing at us. He's like making fun of us, right? But the moment you stretch your hand, this guy would start convulsing and like just 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 going crazy so it's like okay some people might dismiss that but i'm like you can't you know this is what 10 more like 15 years 15 years ago and to see the same thing where at the the name of jesus yeah he is is extremely tormented uh but the moment you know we would ease up from prayer he would laugh at us yeah it's just like you know, yeah, some, somebody might say, well, I don't know, maybe somebody was faking and this and that, but these, this this happened to me. Like, you can yeah. describe to me that, like, but I'm like, you can't deny that I experienced this. So to, to, to hear you saying, hey, this is what happened, what was it, maybe a few months ago, whenever it was? Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, right? Like, and I'm like, I've seen this before. I know this is. Yeah. And unless you actually were there and experienced it, it's the Lord, you yeah. probably would say, oh, I don't know if I believe that. But it's like when you are there and you experience that and God delivering that person, you know that this is not a make, made up story, you know, and how he was confirmed through your brother and through, you know, with him saying later on that, you know, that's what he messed with. I mean, this is this is awesome. Man. This yeah. is amazing. So what are some other stories? 
Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Um, that same night, there's yeah. there's a man. I, I'm not sure if he was Hispanic or Samoan, yeah, yeah. a big guy, uh-huh. um, and he had a caster on his foot. Apparently, um, he uh, he had two surgeries just recently, and so right. he was walking around in a cast, and he said he had really really bad sharp pain. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, he came to the service, and he was just really not getting into worship. Yeah. Couldn't come up, and I come up to this guy, and I'm praying like this over him, man. Just bless him. He's, he's a big <laughs> guy, you know. Yeah. And I'm just prophesying over him yeah. and loving on this guy. And yeah. he was just so thankful, and he began to actually begin to encounter the Lord. And he mm-hmm. testified of just like encountering the love of God, the peace of God. He was kind of running away from Jesus for a little bit, but um, he testified of coming back. Mm-hmm. But by the end of the night. Um, this guy takes his cast off and we were singing our first or our last song of the night, just a victory song. He takes his cast off, throws it in the air and everyone begins to shout and praise. And, I think I've seen a jump. video yeah. on this. I'll, I'll see if I can include it in the video podcast. But like, I think I've seen a, somewhat of a video of that. Somebody, somebody posted it. Uh, but that's just, man, that's so amazing. Yeah. So Alex, I have a question as far as what's the age bracket between um, like the youngest and the oldest? The people you guys minister to because i think a lot of times people think that oh you have to have a master's in this or you have to be yeah. a pastor um what would you say what is uh, the kind of like the age bracket that you guys minister to so it's anywhere from like 15 years old mm-hmm. to 25 mm-hmm. but then we have parents come in we have pastors come in deacons but a lot of people 15 to 25 years old yeah. wow because how old is your brother 16. he's 16 years old and to me it's just like man here you have some kid that didn't go to school for ministry or anything like that because he's too young yet, you know. Um, but he has a word of discernment. Yeah. You know, he's praying for someone who is demon-possessed. And they get delivered. And to me, I'm like, man, you don't have to wait until yeah. you're 25, 30 or whatever to do ministry. You can just pray right now. You can pray for people to be delivered and yeah. changed and transformed. Um, so... Um, what would you say again to someone who maybe feels a bit intimidated to pray for deliverance or to pray? Because the first time you had to go through that, were you a little bit intimidated? I was a little bit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you're like, man, I don't know if I'm equipped to do this. Because that's how I felt you know, at that time. The first time I encountered uh, yeah. a demon-possessed person and we prayed for him, I was just like, man, I, I think I was a, the oldest in that, in that place. And I was like, okay, I have no idea how to handle this. I've heard stories, but I had no idea how to handle this. And the only thing I could do is just pray because that's the only thing that I could do. You know, yeah. and, and, and so um, tell me a little bit about what was, was that for you, like the first time you experienced it? Like, was this something that you were just like in your mind where you're like, I'm just going to keep on praying or should I call someone? Because <laughs> that's, that's what was going through my mind. Um. So it was actually at one of our yeah. gatherings, maybe a couple of months yeah. ago, we began to just go through, um, just, uh, I don't know how to explain it. We begin to just proclaim deliverance and right. we would just, just call out different spirits and people would repeat after us. Yeah. We would just say spirit of fear out, yeah. spirit of death out, spirit of rejection out. And there came a point where a girl began to manifest and she began to, to run, to run to the door like this, like, like, mm-hmm. like she's hot, you know, like, mm-hmm. and then, and then we hear the demon say something like, I thought you were going to just bring us to pray. I thought you were oh, just wow. going to bring us to sing or something like that. And the demon begins to freak out. And this little girl was throwing us around a little bit. So we, <laughs> we started praying and, um, you know, just casting the thing out yeah. of her. And, um, yeah, the thing was throwing us around. And the demon was trying to, like, pull out, pull out a phone and do something with the phone or run out the mm-hmm, door. Mm-hmm. And um, we finally comes to a point where she didn't get delivered, um, but she comes back to herself. And she was so embarrassed. Yeah. And she was just so... Um, she was just so scared because mm-hmm. everyone was just like, you know, wrath of God, 
come out of her. Yeah. Everybody's just like shouting in tongues over her. And that's yeah. a scary thing. Yeah. And so she was, she was really scared. And we just had yeah. to quiet, quiet it down and just tell mm-hmm. her everybody to quiet down. And just, mm-hmm. hey, we love you. Jesus loves you. And we're yeah. here believing for your breakthrough. Yeah. Nobody's making fun of you. Yeah. This Jesus loves you. He thinks you're beautiful. Mm-hmm. And so we took her aside and she got fully delivered. And I think what we, we really had to work on um, yeah. was... Um, doing it in a way where it doesn't um expose people yeah it doesn't you know put you know mess with people and embarrass people right. not victim re-victimize the person the don't make people over, a yeah. project yeah. you know yeah. don't yeah. make people a project. So that was kind of our first time where we had to like learn to let's not have everybody shout and and um one person saying to bind it one person yeah. saying to loosen it one person saying come out you know <laughs> yeah and the demons confuse himself but uh we really want to um Belief for full deliverance, yeah. but we were really, want to honor people too. We're not here to embarrass people Absolutely. and put people out there. And so that was Absolutely, like our first experience. Um, I, I had a thing that happened recently, actually. Uh, it was here in Bellevue. I went to a Romanian church. And then there's this kid that came up and sat right next to me. And then he introduced himself. And I was like, hey, that's that's awesome. You know, I just introduced myself. And we start to worship. And this guy gets like this close to my ear, bro. And starts to like, like just talk a whole bunch of gibberish and just yell and like and the whole time i'm just like sitting in worship and i'm like what is happening right now and this guy is just like in my ear yelling at me you know yeah but he's not touching me like he's just like yelling at me the whole worship and everyone by this time is like looking at the situation that's sort of developing later i found out that he actually had a knife in his in in his uh, pocket and this guy dude just went off at me and it, it, it was weird because, like, now that I think about it, I feel like I would be feeling, like, fearful. But I wasn't. I was just like, you know what? And I was completely calm. And then the pastor came and they took him to, to the back. Because I had no idea what was happening. Um, but their pastors came in. It turns yeah. out he was, he did not want me there. Yeah. And, and it's, like, the first time I went to this church. I've never been to this church before, right? And, like, this guy had a massive problem with me being there. Yeah. <laughs> and, like... And like, it was such a weird experience. And then, you know, I took him in the back and I'm like, I didn't know if I should pray for him, but I'm like, okay, well, nobody knows here that I'm a pastor. And, and I, I hope, you know, I kind of felt weird. I didn't know what to do. And, but this guy just went off, you know? And then finally the pastor came in and then we were able to just like pray for him and stuff like that, you know? Uh, But I didn't want to sort of take charge because I'm like, I I don't really know anybody here. I don't want them to like think, okay, who's this guy? What's happening? You know, until his pastor came over. And his pastor realized what was happening. But like situations like this, man, that yeah. it's just, it's crazy how um, if you walk in the truth and the God and preach the gospel of Jesus, you will encounter yeah. these situations. Yeah. Um, but I do know that um, unless you're not telling me something, but I know for sure that you're not perfect <laughs> mm-hmm. and you've had some difficult moments. So what were some of the difficult, and the reason I'm asking you for this, Alex, is I want people to realize that, hey, it's not like you are the perfect person here and you're doing everything right. And that's why these things are happening. No, they're happening yeah. because the Holy Spirit is partnering up with you to, to bring deliverance, right? The Holy Spirit yeah. comes and he empowers you to do these things. It's yeah. not because you're great and yeah, you're no. perfect. It's because of what Jesus done on the cross for us. So what are some difficult things or maybe personal experiences that you went through that you'd like to share as far as like, hey, this is where I'm at and this is why... I want to encourage you all, whoever is listening, right, yeah. that you can do it too. It's not you being perfect. Yeah. So um, even in ministry, mm-hmm. even even before Jesus' place and, and yeah. preaching and um, 
preaching the gospel to people on, on the streets and people are getting healed and people are coming to the Lord. Um, there'd be moments where I would, I, I dealed a lot with uh, like pornography and lust and yeah. I, I dealed with um, just pride, mm-hmm. a, a lot of pride. And, and these are, I, I believe the, the three killers of ministries, pride, greed, and lust. Yep. Yep. And those things need to just be shut down and um, not just cast out, but they need to yeah. be put to death, yeah. you know, and yeah. only by the grace of Jesus. But yeah, I just, uh, I carried a lot of jealousy. Mm-hmm. Um, even just kind of coming out of Bible school, comparing myself to leaders, comparing mm-hmm. myself to other evangelists and man, they're so gifted and they can actually, um, when they preach, so many people come to the altar and right. this and this, but, um, we have to realize that, I mean, if you're thinking that way, it's because you have an orphan mentality and that's, mm-hmm. that's just straight. It's because you're trying to prove something to the father, but there's nothing to prove to the father. Right. Um, the, the father, if you've given your life to Jesus, he looks at you and he sees the righteousness of Christ. He looks at you and he's, I believe the same words that the father said over the son, he says over me. And that's what really changed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my pride really changed. Um, that part of me was understanding that the father and Jesus speak over me. They say, well done, or this is my, this is my faithful servant. Mm-hmm. or This is my son who, who I've chosen. And so what really helped me in pride is knowing that I really, I didn't have to prove myself to anybody. I didn't have to prove myself to, to man, to any, um, to evangelists or any pastors, but I'm just before God and yeah. I'm perfected. And even dealing with lust and pornography, it, I, I just look at the Bible and I, I look what, what's happening through me. I'm like, God, how can I be walking in pornography? How can I be walking in lust when this and this is happening? Yeah. And I think what really set me free from that is realizing that not only did Jesus die on the cross and he's coming back one day and we get to just celebrate um, Jesus being so victorious. But if you right. look through the scriptures, it says that we were crucified with Christ. We were buried with Christ. And we are resurrected with Christ. And so we're not just waiting for some day when Jesus cracks open the sky and we finally get to be free. Yeah. Because some of us are saved in the spirit, but in our soul we're tormented. As I was being tormented, I was in pornography and I was um, very prideful and jealous. But we can walk in that freedom now only by Jesus, only by the blood of Jesus. We're able to do that now. And I think if you really take that truth that I've been buried with Christ, that means my old has been passed away. My past, it's in the past. And then I've been crucified with Christ. That means all my sins have been forgiven. That means when yeah. Jesus said it is finished, it was finished. Yeah. That he's not a liar when he said it is finished. That means your past, your present, and your future sins have been washed away. And then when he was resurrected, we were also resurrected with him, him yeah. into new life. And now we get to walk um, a holy life, a righteous life, yeah. um, and walk like Jesus. It's it's awesome that you mentioned the, the pride, lust, and greed. Um, uh, there is a guy who he investigates murders. He said, every single murder that I go to, murder scene that I go to, I know that it's either uh, power, money, or lust. Those are the three things that yeah. one of them had a major... The reason this person is killed is because either uh, pride uh, or, in, in this case, would be power, right? Uh, money or lust, you know? And I think uh, if I look at my life, um, well, in a ministry, right? Like when you uh, feel like, oh, I am... I've, I've, I've arrived. Uh, one, one, one book that I had to read in university that I thought was just so amazing, it was called Why Great Men Fall. Mm-hmm. And the idea behind that book is a lot of people fall, great men fall, because they built an amazing ministry or an amazing yeah. company. They feel like, I deserve this. You know, this company would not yeah. be here if it wasn't for me. So it goes from having this humble, amazing uh, uh, sort of... Uh, you know walk to hey i deserve this and the moment yeah. pride gets in the moment we it, it, you know bible makes it very clear pride comes before the fall 
So I can so sympathize because I mean, some of the things you mentioned, I dealt with it myself, yeah. you know, and, um, but I think this is the awesome thing. The more you realize that no matter how long you've been walking with Jesus, you need to rely on him every yeah. single day. It's not, oh, I'm good at this now. No, it's it's the daily walk. It's the daily talk. It's the daily reliance on the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You know, that's something that we're going to go to our grave. We we never graduate out of this, you know. Um, so speaking of that, what do you think? Um, what do you hope, right? If people are to think about your life sometime, maybe 50 years from now, what do you hope people will remember about who you were and who you are? Um, what do you think is the ultimate calling that, that the Lord is calling you to? Yeah, so I, I believe the Lord has just called me uh, to be an evangelist mm -hmm. and um, not just an evangelist who evangelizes, but like fivefold evangelist right. in terms of raising up evangelists, especially I have a heart for just the Slavic people. Right. I want to see the Slavic people um, arise and actually go and to preach the gospel because yeah. even from a lot of big figures, um, the, a, a lot of big American figures, yeah. they, they talk about the Russian people, they talk about the Slavic people, that they're bold. Mm -hmm. And we're, we are bold, but... And I, resilient. Like I think... A lot of Slavic people are very resilient. Yeah, we're very hardworking, yeah. but I haven't seen that channel toward the Great Commission. I haven't yeah. seen that channel to actually um, saving souls, bringing people into the kingdom of God. And so I really want to just raise up evangelists. I want to, mm -hmm. I want everybody to walking, uh, walking um, mm -hmm. in the Great Commission, fulfilling the Great Commission, preaching the gospel um, with signs and wonders following, bringing glory to Jesus. And uh, but more than that. Um, I just want people to remember me by yeah. like just knowing Jesus. Yeah. Like he just know he knew Jesus so well that when he would speak, that his words carried so much weight. Yeah. When he would um, have a conversation with me, I just felt the presence of Jesus so much. Yeah, I want people to remember me that, that he was so dead to himself that it was yeah. just it was just Jesus. And another question that I try to pretty much ask everyone because if you hung out with me for any amount of time, you know that I'm very big on living your life in light mm -hmm. of eternity or like got your stickers you, and everything <laughs> stickers and everything right like um how do you make that practical for you right like how do you say today i'm not just gonna focus on getting through the day but like i want to invest in eternity i want to do things for eternity so what are some practical things that you do every day that kind of inspire you but at the same time ensures you that you're not just making decisions just for today yeah so I heard it like this from one of my favorite teachers. Yeah. Um, ask yourself what you and Jesus are going to talk about at the throne mm -hmm. and then commit your life to that. Mm -hmm. And so just to think um, to, to the view viewers out there, just to yeah. think, what are you going to talk to Jesus about at the throne? Is it going to be your ministry? Is it going to be your business? Is it going to be um, the followers you have? Is it going to be the, the influence you have? What are you going to talk to Jesus about? I believe it's going to be so much more than what we've built. I think it's going to be about just intimacy. Yeah. It's going to be about moments where you just had faith. You know, the, yeah, the, yeah. Jesus talks about that. Or you can't please God without faith, right? Yeah. And Jesus many times um, as he walked like in flesh, he was actually surprised by people's faith, right? Yeah. And so I believe that at the throne, face to face to Jesus, we'll be talking about moments of intimacy. We'll be talking about moments of great faith. We'll be talking about moments of, of great sacrifice. Yeah. Amen. And so... Um, I think about that. I try to think about that every day and um, just think about what am I doing today yeah. that's gonna, that I'm going to talk to Jesus about. 
Um, Am I going to take big steps of faith? Am am I walking in intimacy with Jesus today? Did I spend some time with the Lord just to minister to him, not to get anything, not to bring him a grocery list of of what I want him to to fulfill or to do, but did I spend some time in intimacy? Was there any sacrifices that I laid down? Did I lay down a a job? Did I I lay down um, opportunities for, for money? Did I lay down my life for the gospel? Has your faith cost you anything? Right? Yeah. Like is, is your worship costly? Yeah. yeah. Um, and last thing I want to mention is how can people get a hold of, like if they want to attend Jesus' place, where do you guys meet? What time do you guys usually meet? Um, and I guess maybe that could change, but like is there like where can people find out this information about the time? when you guys meet and so on. So like, is it Instagram, website? What do you guys have that they can do? Yeah, so mainly we use Instagram and it's mm-hmm. Jesus X Place. Okay. Had to use the X, somebody took Jesus Place. Gotcha. But it, it works and, you and guys it are sounds on TikTok cool. now, yeah? Yeah, and there's so. there's a TikTok also that we just put clips of um, God moving and stuff. But yeah, you can follow us on Instagram at Jesus X Place and um, we keep in the announcements and the stories. Yeah. We meet yeah. every single um, Thursday night. Yep. And usually we'll announce... Um, where it is we usually right. announce the city where it is by like monday or tuesday and then you just have to dm the instagram for the address we Define just want to be address. careful with um who we give the address to right, right and so right. yeah we've been gathering in homes every single thursday almost a year now um i think we're gonna step into a place where uh, we start gathering in, in a church or a building or something right. but yeah you can find us on instagram jesus x place for all the announcements for posts yeah well alex man thank you so much for coming on the podcast and Ladies and gentlemen, uh, friends, uh, I believe that uh, a lot of times we look onto the great people to do great things, but you don't have to be great. Yeah. Uh, we say, say uh, serve a savior who Come on. is enough. And uh, I hope that this inspired you to, to live a light of eternity, to start you know, a movement, whatever state you're in, whatever country you're in. And, uh, you know, Alex, man, you're wise beyond your years. And, uh, you know, thank you so much for coming on. So appreciate you. Appreciate you, man. God bless. Hey, everyone. I want to take a moment and thank you so much to all of you who have been downloading and listening to these podcasts. Recently, a friend of mine called me out of the blue and he said, hey, I want to be part of the ministry that you are doing and I want to financially support you. So I told him that for the last four years, I've been paying to host this podcast online. So he decided that he will pay for a year worth of podcast hosting. This nice gesture made me think maybe there are more people that would like to partner up with me in ministry. Oftentimes when I'm asked to minister at some church, a lot of the churches don't have enough money to cover my travel, my time that I took off of work, and the expenses that come with being in a different state. So I created a fund where all the proceeds that come into this fund from the online platforms will be used towards ministry, be it travel expenses or podcast production or creating any other form of ministry content. You can give through the link in the show notes. However, if if you cannot support me financially, I encourage you to pray and if you can, rate and review this podcast. Thank you so much again and God bless.